And it's time for the Golf Club, and it's always great to have Jason Sobel from the Action Network joining us. Of course, the Golf Club brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Jason, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's always a pleasure having you on. I love uh, all your tweets each week. Um, really, it's it's almost as much fun as the golf itself, Jason. Some of the tweets no, you send out. You. I don't think so. But <laughs> I think golf is more fun. <laughs> uh, well, let's start with uh, yesterday because uh, the match, I don't know which one it is, four or three, whatever it is. But it was, uh, it was some pretty interesting golf, and that golf course was just insane. Uh, I mean, have you ever seen a 777-yard par 5? That was crazy. But what, what was your takeaway from uh, the golf yesterday? Yeah, 777-yard par 5. That's reachable in two. Right, it's exactly. It's all downhill. I, I thought the big winner of the entire event was not Bryson, DeChambeau, and Aaron Rodgers. It was not... Turner Sports for broadcasting this. It was uh, the whole state of Montana, whose tourism department, I think, got a major boost uh, for five hours last night when people were Googling how and where to go on golf vacations in Montana. I know I was doing that because that place looked absolutely beautiful. As far as the golf itself, oh, I it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. I, I feel like if, if you could take the entire thing and put it sort of on, uh, you know, on like double speed, sort of how people listen to podcasts these days once in a while, like uh, I, I feel like a truncated version of what we watched would be pretty fun. You know, just, hey, let's skip all the parts of it. And, and maybe at some point that's what they need to do. Instead of showing it live, package it and make it a two-hour broadcast where they're cutting out the – driving down the fairway. They're cutting out the parts where there's really nothing going on. I don't know. I don't have a good answer to it, but it, it lacked a little something, I thought. And uh, I, I just felt like it was a little too long for what it was. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with you. And maybe it lacked the fact, maybe it's just that they need new new characters. You know, I mean, like, I love Phil. I mean, and, and Phil is just, like, love uh, knowing what's going on in his head all, at all times. And... Like, Tom Brady's fine. He's not, like, the biggest personality, and either is Aaron Rodgers for that matter. So um, maybe that hurt it a little bit. But, like, in the back nine, it was tough to watch because Tom Brady just couldn't hit a shot. And I think Phil was getting a little – he wouldn't show up, but I'm sure he was getting a little frustrated that he was basically carrying the team. But, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I thought it did drag a little bit. Yeah, the idea that I have, and I actually told Phil this a couple of years ago, is that I would love to see – Two regular Joes, just uh, whether it's a, uh, a contest, whether it's a raffle, whether they just sort of pick a couple of guys who are like, you know, hey, just working schlub, gets to be on TV for five hours going against Phil and Bryson. So two guys playing like a scramble against Phil and Bryson or whoever it might be, playing a best ball, and these guys can win real money. Instead of just all the money going to charity, which quite frankly, I, I love that there's a charitable component, but... These guys are going to give money to charity anyway. The sponsors are going to give money to charity. Let's see if we can have two guys playing against two pros, play a scramble. If they win, you know, the first six holes are worth 15 grand. The next six are worth 25 grand. Then going all the way up where if they win 18, they could be worth like, you know, half a million dollars for each player. Something like that where it's like, hey, let's watch guys just like us or girls, uh, you know, guys, women, whoever it might be, uh, just like us, trying to beat some of the world's best golfers and see what that would look like on TV and see kind of 
Uh, I think we can empathize with everything they'd be going through emotionally and physically in that type of match. I, I think that's a genius idea. What, what did Phil say when you brought that up to him? He kind of, you know, nodded his head. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I, I kind of like that. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't... It wasn't anything, any sort of major conversation, but right. this was a couple of years ago, and I just brought it up. All right, so I have a, cu- I have a couple questions for you. Um, one leading up to a tournament this weekend, I'm not talking John Deere, uh, the American Century Celebrity Championship. Uh, it's it's always so much fun to watch. I know Aaron Rodgers is, is headed there. Larry Fitzgerald is headed there. Uh, so is Barkley. Um, is I mean, like, how good a golf is that? Because, I mean, you know, Mark Mulder won, I think, three straight years. Tony Romo won it last uh two years ago uh, i think marty fish won it last year but like it's you know it's, it's it seems like on a pretty tough course and it's a lot of fun but like is that something you you enjoy watching or do you pass i'll probably pass on that this is a big week in golf we've got a lot of stuff going on scottish opens can be fantastic we've got the john deere classic the u.s senior open uh which is gonna be i think that's gonna be really good at omaha country club so uh lpga's got a really nice uh, entry list this week, and so I, I will probably skip that one, but the range is huge. The range goes from guys like Marty Fish, who uh, is a legit, really good player. I've played before with Mark Mulder. Mark Mulder is a very good player. Uh, those guys, I, I'm not going to say they could compete on the PGA Tour, but uh, they could play probably on some pro tour somewhere and have some modicum of success. You know, I, I, I'm not going to overstate it and say that these guys could be uh, really good professional golfers, but if one of them was to say, hey, you know, I want to I go play the mini tours and see what I can do, I, I think they could probably do something on one of those tours, but uh, then you go down to the bottom of the list and, you know, you mentioned Charles Barkley and there are some other players. Uh, yeah, it's a fun watch. Look, for, for those who are who want their golf with, you know, a side dish of celebrity and Last and entertainment, I, I think it's probably a good watch. I'll probably pass. I just, I'm just i going to the more important golf stuff this weekend, but uh, I, I have no problem with the fact that, you know, if, if some people out there want to choose that one instead. All right, so you mentioned there's a ton of big golf tournaments this weekend. The Scottish Open, of course, we're a week away from the Open Championship, and the Scottish Open has a tr- just a tremendous field. John Rahm is your favorite. Um, who is the last person to, is it Phil, to win the Scottish Open, then go on to win yes. at the Open Championship? So, uh, like, uh, John Rahm is playing great right now, and there's a lot of great people in this field. But what, what's your takeaway from um, the Scottish Open? Like, what, I mean, I guess some guys just kind of want to get used to playing the link style golf, right? Yeah, it'll be very interesting. I, I think that I said on the radio yesterday that, uh, a tournament like the Valero Texas Open. I know Jordan Spieth won this year. He hadn't won in four years, and uh, the week before the Masters, he, he he's looking to get a W under his belt to move forward with some confidence. But for the most part, most players are saying, "Let me take my foot off the gas pedal a little bit." The week before, for most of the other major championships, this one though, I think these guys are trying to test their game in the weather conditions. It's going to rain a lot. Not going to be that windy, but it's going to be rainy there in Scotland throughout the week. And they want to see kind of like how their game stacks up on a Lynx golf course. So uh, I think that a lot of the Americans over there uh, have a decent chance. A lot of times we kind of say, okay, it's going to be one of these guys who plays a lot of Lynx golf and understands how to play over there. I can see a guy like a Scotty Scheffler who has yet to win on the PGA Tour going over there and having a really nice week. So, uh, you know, I think there's definitely uh, an, an eye towards 
Royal St. George's for next week's Open Championship. These guys are trying to build up some momentum moving forward. You know, and and you brought up the fact that, like, um, some of these guys just are kind of getting their feet wet. And one guy I've talked to you before about, Jason, who's who has been struggling, and he finally put together back-to-back rounds of uh, under 70 is Ricky Fowler. Um, Mm -hmm. He's played well before at the Open Championship. Uh, Do you think his game is finally coming into form? Yes. And I really like Ricky next week. I don't know that he's ready to take the step where he wins a major championship just yet. I still think at some point in his career it's going to happen. But I do think it's going to be a nice week for Ricky. I think he's going to finish in the top ten next week. Um, I spoke with him about at Kiowa. I talked to him a lot at Kiowa uh, after his rounds. And at one point we were just kind of standing around. I said, you know, I, I really like you for the for the Open Championship this year. You know, I think that's going to be a, a good week for you. And he, he kind of said, you know, look, I, I think I'm going to start playing really good golf before then. And, and he has. He played solid uh, at times since uh, the PGA Championship. But he said, yeah, I really like it there. I played really well there in 2011. And I, I'd be surprised if I don't have a good week. So I, I do like Ricky at least moving forward uh, in the short term. And I like him to go over the long term as well. Um, like I said, I, you know, if he's a stock, he's a stock that's sort of at rock bottom right now. And if you buy low, you can probably sell high at some point. You know, I think the last two weekends on the PGA Tour, Jason, have, have proven how tough it is to win a golf tournament. Because, mm. uh, I mean, you know, I, I was at my son's uh, baseball tournament in Omaha, okay? And I get in the car and Bubba Watson is 13 under. And I'm thinking, all right, Bub- Bubba's going to win this. He's won there before. Right. And then I think he bogeyed bogeyed in and finished at seven under uh then the, I, I turned it off and there was an eight hole playoff uh and then last week at the rocket mortgage uh joaquin neiman hadn't bogeyed at all and he has a what a 12 13 footer to win just misses it first toe email emails the green he gets knocked out and then cam davis has like four chances to win and finally it comes down to a miss uh five footer by troy merritt that wins it but boy it really is tough to win on the pga tour or any tour for that matter it also, after the last two weeks, seems like it's crazy that we don't see playoffs every single week. Right. You know, it, we haven't seen one. I mean, it's, we'll go six, eight, ten weeks at a time without seeing a playoff on the PGA Tour. And at some point, you look at it and you see what happens the last couple of weeks. You know, how are guys not tied at the top of the leaderboard like every single week? How do guys even separate by one or two shots uh, by the end of the week and we have a winner? So it's, you know, these things are. Uh, they tend to come in bunches, so the playoffs have been really fun. And, and I love the fact that just based on social media, just based on what people are talking about, the fact that we've had two playoffs that haven't really featured any big-name players. I mean, I think people know Harris English a little bit, who beat Kramer Hickok in that eight-hole playoff, the Travelers Championship. Yeah, okay, people know Joaquin Neiman. He's a big up-and-comer, young kid, who's going to be a really, really good player. But, uh, you know, this is not... Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas in the playoffs. There's not Dustin Johnson and John Rahm in the playoffs. But the fact that people have really sort of uh, been very interested in these playoffs when they're happening, I, I think that's good for the game. I think it you know, gets people, first of all, talking about the events themselves, talking about the different players. And uh, I think people are starting to understand, like you said, just how difficult it is to win even when you're tied to the lead after 72 holes. You know, it's funny because uh, I'm a golf nut, so I know all about about Cam Davis and what a great player he is, what a great ball striker he is, and he can get birdies and bunches. But, like, 
so many people who are friends of mine who who follow golf like I've never heard of this guy and he's what is he 26 years old and he's he, you know he seems like he's always competing each week he's always up there but uh I mean you just see what kind of game he's got and you're like man it's amazing that he hasn't won yet I always try to remember, especially this time of year. I was watching some Wimbledon earlier, and I am not a big tennis guy. I like watching it, but I don't know any of the players. And right. so I'm sure that if I was speaking to a tennis expert, and I'm like, who's this guy playing against Djokovic? He'd be like, how do you not know this guy? He's in the quarterfinals. He's ranked eighth in the world. He's one of the best players. And I always try to remind myself that when we speak of golf, and we say, of course, Cam Davis is really good. He's been playing well. He's been doing this. A large majority of the population who likes golf, who doesn't mind watching golf, has no idea who a lot of these players are just because you know the superstars. And, you know, that's for me, uh, I try to compare it to my knowledge of tennis, which is essentially Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal. And I don't really know a whole lot about most of the other guys, but I enjoy watching it. And so you watch it to learn more about the other players. You watch it to see, you know, if anyone can beat those big names. And hopefully, People look at golf the same way the casual fans out there can look at it and say, all right, just because it's not Rory or DJ or Jordan Spieth, uh, I can still watch, I can still enjoy it, and I can still uh, get to know some of these different players. All right, let me, you mentioned the big names. Let me pick your brain on a couple of the big names heading into the Open Championship. Uh, Phil Mickelson, who, you know, what he did uh, at the age of 50, or was he 51? I don't even remember what he was when he won the PGA Championship, is simply remarkable. What, what, what is your take on Phil and, and his uh, amazing run? Uh, the run was amazing. I, I, I love the fact that he is now the oldest major champion ever. He's worked so hard at it. I don't think people understand. I think people see Phil, and he's smiling, and he's got his thumbs up, and we say, oh, he's been you know, one of the world's most talented golfers for the last 30 years, so of course he wins. No big deal. It's there's a reason why nobody else at the age of 50 has won a major championship. Phil has really outworked everybody else to keep that, uh, not only physically staying intact and technically with your golf swing, but to be that motivated, to, to work that hard. And, and trust me, he has to work very, very hard at remaining at this level. So to do that is very impressive. I don't see him replicating it. Uh, next week by any means. I, I don't think it's going to be a great week for Phil, but uh, just winning, you know, everything from here is gravy, at least for this year uh, after winning the PGA Championship. I don't know if you heard him yesterday uh, when I was watching that the match. He said, someone asked him, I think Barkley or someone asked him about, I think it was uh, Larry Fitzgerald actually, about, you know, uh, staying in shape and keeping up with like guys like Bryson. And he told him, you know, he just decided finally that he's got to put the extra work in him when he got older. And he said, Everything, all the last couple of years of all the extra work, all paid off. He goes for that one for that one moment, winning the PGA Championship, and basically it made it all worthwhile. So that was kind of cool to hear. Uh, I want to ask you about a guy who who uh, you know was number one. I don't think he is the world number one anymore, and that's DJ, who just has not been playing great golf right now. Do, do we expect him to kind of turn it around? Because you know, all it takes is like one round, and all of a sudden DJ's there. Do we think DJ uh, has a chance uh, at the Open Championship, a legit chance to win? A legit chance, absolutely, has a legit chance to win every single time he tees it up. I think what we find from Lynx Golf, and especially at a Royal St. George's, is that it tends to level the playing field a little bit. Bryson spoke about on the back nine uh, Sunday afternoon at Torrey Vines for the U.S. Open that he just ran into some bad luck. And a lot of people sort of snickered at that, saying, come on, man, just 
own it. You know, you played badly, you hit some bad shots. It wasn't just bad luck. And uh, I agree with both parts of that. But, uh, you know, he, he didn't hit good shots, but there was a lot of bad luck. And quite frankly, I know a lot of people want to believe that the player that hits the best golf shots and makes the most putts is going to win the golf tournament. A lot of it comes down to luck, especially on a Lynx golf course where, uh, you know, one, one ball might miss a pot bunker by two feet and run up to the green and, and be a kick-in birdie, and another one might stick in the lip of that bunker and lead to a double bogey. And, and quite frankly, the shots might not be that different. So uh, I think what happens is you level the playing field, which in my mind says that you know the guys who are basically the best players in the world, they, they get knocked down a little bit just because that luck is going to play a little bit more of a factor at an open championship. So can DJ win? Absolutely. Will he win? He, he probably won't be my pick. What 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 has gone wrong with him? Is because it's, it fe- I feel like he's he's just not like the same guy we saw like last year when he won at the Masters and was so dominant. Is there something particular you can see, or is it just hey, he's in a slump? Yeah, I I don't necessarily have anything on DJ right now. I don't know why he's not playing his best golf. All I can tell you is that for as great as DJ has been over the last really fifteen years, it's amazing. Like this one that he's been on for a long time now. It just puts into perspective how good a guy like Tiger Woods yes, was. Where great call. Uh, it's this is cyclical. It's a cyclical game, and even the best in the world go through these periods where, hey, I'm just not playing that well. It's just not happening right now. They'll figure it out, and at some point, I'll start playing better again. Tiger didn't really have a whole lot of those down moments. Okay, maybe later in his career, after the the, the personal scandal, after some back surgeries, things like that, but. During his prime years, Tiger never really had these like huge stretches of like, yeah, I'm just not playing well for a long time. And so I, I think it just sort of shines a light on uh, the guys now where it, Tiger was the outlier. DJ is not the outlier that he was the number one player in the world and is now not playing like a number one player in the world. But uh, DJ is essentially, this is what happens. And also, and John Rahm, you can throw him into the mix as well. John Rahm is is in the midst of proving, and I don't like to use Tiger comparisons, so I won't hear, but he's in the midst of proving that, you know, he's maybe not one of these guys who goes through these cycles of, you know, I've got my best golf and I've got my worst golf for a while. Even his bad golf has a, a pretty high ceiling right now. Uh, all right, before I let you go, I just want to get a couple uh, picks for you from you. Uh, Scottish Open, who do you like? You know, I'm not going too far down the board. Um, there are a lot of big names as far as, you know, in the betting markets, I, I want a little bit bigger number. Brandon Grace, the guy that I really like, I've had my eye on him. Good links player. In fact, he's the only player to ever shoot 62 in a major championship. Did that at Burkdale, uh, four years ago. And so uh, I like Grace's numbers are about 33, 35 to one. Also like Ian Poulter, I mentioned Scotty Scheffler. His number's a little too short for me, but I, I think he'll have a good week as well. Uh, John Deere. I'm going with Kevin Strillman. He's got some serious Steve Stricker, Zach Johnson <laughs> vibes at TBC Deer Run. Those are kind of the OGs at that golf tournament. And Kevin Strillman's a guy who uh, was a very popular play two weeks ago for the Travelers Championship, coming off four straight top 20 finishes, goes out and shoots 67 in the first round. We're like, okay, here it comes. He's won this tournament before. He had been runner-up the year before. And he shot 72 in the second round and missed the cut. Mm. 72, by the way, is not a very bad number. That just means a couple of putts didn't drop. 
it's not as if he shot 80 and completely lost his game. So I think Kevin Strillman uh, maybe got a few people off the scent, off the whiff of his good play from a few weeks ago, and I think he's ready to go out there and, uh, and win a PGA Tour event. He's in a really good place in his life right now. Uh, by the way, uh, last week uh, on the Champions Tour, Cameron Beckman pre-tourney was 400-1, to 1 and he won. So uh, good for him. Uh, who do you like this week, the U.S. Senior Open Championship? I'd go with Retief Goosen. Um, uh, the one thing that we find from, uh, from U.S. amateurs through U.S. Opens through U.S. Senior Opens is that once a player is a USGA type of player, once a player sort of figures out how to play those events, he tends to continue playing well at them. And so I, I think that Retief Goosen, a two-time U.S. Open champion, playing the Senior Open, running hot right now, coming off third-place finish, Last week, uh, it's not a great number on him this week either, but uh, I still think he's going to have a nice week. David Toms, if you want a little backup play there as well. Okay, and then one final pick uh, next week, the Open Championship at Royal St. George's. I haven't gotten there yet. I, I'm still working on it. <laughs> it's, only, it's only Wednesday morning right now. I've got time. I'm going to wait and see how everybody looks this week. Uh, I don't hate Rory McIlroy next week. Um, uh Lee Westwood's going to be very high on my list. Lee Westwood mm. is a guy that uh, last year I spoke with him right before the COVID pandemic at the Honda Classic, and he was just in such a great frame of mind that I said to myself at that point, he's going to win the Open Championship this year. And, of course, there was no Open right. Championship because of everything that happened. So maybe that can roll over to, the, to this year instead. He's still a good place. Um, I don't know that his golf is as good as it was earlier this year, but I can see Lee Westwood making a serious run next week as well. Follow him on the Action Network, and you can hear him on Sirius XM Radio. Jason Sobo, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for joining us in the golf club. You got it. Thanks for having me.